0: tonight. We started in in the book of Jonah on Wednesday night. We're going to continue um, in the book of Jonah because there's there's so much there that the Lord uh, has revealed and is revealing. Um, I'd like to say to all those that are listening by way of social media, we are uh, thankful and we're grateful that you have taken the time to to listen to the word of God and preparing your hearts to, to receive um, and I'd like to say, give a shout out to our, 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 our Pastor Anthony and that's in Liberia uh, and their church family And they're always sending, they're sending uh, um, pictures in regards to what's going on there and, and by the way too, they have a lot of uh, children there in their church in, 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 in Liberia So we're, we're thankful and we're grateful to them, amen Jonah chapter number 2, Jonah Chapter number two is where we're going to, to begin um, uh, today uh, uh, in, in the word of God. Now, on Wednesday, and, and uh, it, you know those that have not been able to attend on Wednesday for whatever reason, uh, it would be good for you to be able to come and, and be a part of us on Wednesdays because uh, sometimes the word is a continuation, and, and many that brings the word, they have an awesome word. But on Wednesday night, we, we talked about um, man overboard. We talked about man overboard. We talked about how the Lord had commissioned Jonah, and Jonah's name has a, 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 a two-fold meaning. Uh, the first is dove, which is symbolic of peace, and, and the second part of, of the meaning of his name is destroyer. Now, we're going to see that uh, in, in the message today. Um, and he was given an assignment. He was given an assignment to, to be able to go and deliver a word uh, 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 to the people of Nineveh. Now, the people of Nineveh, they were very wicked people, um, and in my studies i discovered <laughs> uh, I, I discovered where uh, our present day, what they call the present day of Mosul Iraq, is where the old ancient Nineveh used to be. And so the same way that those people, the uh, people of ISIS, you know, they're so diabolical, they'll cut your head off and, you know, they'll set you afire. And all that is is a spirit from the ancient Nineveh spirit. So it's, 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 it's normal for us to understand and, and see that. So, But then God gives him an assignment. He tells him to go speak to the very people that he does not like. <laughs> he did not like those folks. He didn't, and we're going to see that well, you know. So he decides that he was not going to do the assignment that that God had uh, commissioned for him to do. So so when he first gets his assignment to 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 go preach that word, to go deliver that word, he decides he decides that what he was going to do, he was going to go in the opposite direction. See, a lot of times when God gives us an assignment, when he calls us to do something, we, we too sometimes become Jonah, okay? We operate in that other spirit where, not that peaceful spirit, but we begin to operate in that destroyer spirit because then we want to go in the other direction. So he went in the farthest direction that he could go, he thought, away from the presence of God. Sometimes we compile ourselves with a lot of different things, and and what happens is it we cannot get away from the presence of God. And even though sometimes uh, uh, we will try to do some things, or the body of Christ will try to do some things, or the saints of God to justify why we make the decisions that we make. Now, what happens with, with Jonah? He uh, he goes down to to a place called uh, Joppa. Now, that place means a place of beauty. It was a place of calm. And right before the storm, there's always a calm. And it was a place where miracles was performed. And so he heads there, but he's, he buys him a ticket, and he decides he's going to go to Tarshish. Now, uh, the word, the word tasha's, uh there, it, it means to... Uh, it's a place of examination. It was a place of examination. He did not know that it was a place of examination, but it ended up being a place of examination. He pays his own way. So he decided to to justify his disobedience by buying his own fare, buying his own ticket, getting on a ship, and thinking he had escaped from the presence of the Lord. Now, how many of us know that we cannot escape from the presence of the Lord? Amen. No matter we can go anywhere, anywhere and everywhere and do all kinds of different things, we cannot escape from the presence of the Lord. So, you know, he, he, he finds himself on, on the ship, you know, not understanding that the, the people that he gets on the ship with, well, these are all sinners because when the storm comes up, huh, now they were to call each individual to call on their own God. Well, Jonah down there in the bottom of the ship, he's sleeping. So he thinks he's gotten away. So he in, in his own mind he's at peace, he's at rest, and so they begin to tell about the call on their God, but they realize that was something wrong when, when the when the, the the spirit, when the sea is, is, is to a place of uproar, nothing could calm it. And so when they, when they discovered Jonah down there sleeping, they wanted to know who he was, where he came from. But the first thing they said was, what is your occupation? In other words, what do you do for a living? Well, he was a servant of the Most High God. He was a prophet. He was a messenger. But he did not want to deliver the message. You know how it is when we, when God tells us to go witness to our enemy? And we said, no, I ain't, I ain't doing that. No, I'm not gonna do that. You know, Amen. So, so, so he decided he was not gonna do that. So that brings us to to chapter number two because what happens when they make they come into decision to throw uh, Jonah overboard because that's the only thing that could relieve the the sea from the uproar. So he ends up in what they call the the, the belly of the fish. Okay, he's in the whale. Now today we're gonna talk about our subject is the discovery. Of God and the underworld. Because he discovers two things. You know, he discovers more of God, about God, and he also discovers about the underworld. So he, there's some discoveries that are made. Now, Jonah chapter number 2. Most times when we look at this this, this, this lesson, we think about Christ being, you know, uh, 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 three days and three nights. But we want to put, some other things that's there as well. All right, God, I thank you for your word. Blessed in the name of Jesus, amen. Chapter number 2, uh, verse number 1. It says, And Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. Out of the fish's belly. Now, the word fish means uh, is symbolic of the truth. Now, when we begin to talk about the belly, uh, the belly is, is a, a birthing canal. Uh, it, it, the belly is, is, is wherein there's uh, the seed of generations are, are come forth because it's a birthing canal. Uh, in that womb there, that's where he prayed. Before that, Jonah did not pray to God. He was too busy trying to escape. It's just like when we get in trouble, most of the time our, our strongest prayer doesn't come till we in trouble, right? That's when we really call on God when we're in trouble. So the Bible here says that He begins. He's praise. he praising the uh, God out of the, the the womb or out of the birthing chamber of truth. The fish. He's he's praying out of the birthing out of the channel. Cause see, when 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 we're in a condition, that's when our purest prayers come forth. Amen. That's when we really get real with God. God already know anyway, but that's when we really get real with God. So He prays out His birth and channel of 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 truth. Now, verse number two says, then it says, and say it. He's this is his prayer. I cry by reason of mine affliction. Now, He did not uh, pray because uh, He wanted to praise God. But he prayed because of what he was going through. <laughs> he says, uh, by reasons of my afflictions. He prayed because he was in distress. <laughs> he prayed because he was in trouble. And he prayed because he was going through trials and tribulations. Amen. But he did not he did not acknowledge the fact that, that out of the midst of that there was I didn't hear a repentance there. Thank you, Holy Spirit. There was no repentance there and saying to God, I'm sorry. For so what my, of my disobedient state, but he wanted to be delivered, because of his afflictions, because what he was going through, so the Bible says he said he cried by reason of mine afflictions unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hail, mm. cried I am thou. Here's my voice. Now it's no longer uh, crying from the, from the belly of truth or the chamber of truth. Now he's crying out, it says, from the belly of hell. Now here, when you look at this word hell, the word hell here means, uh, in the Hebrew, it means uh, the underworld. He, and and it's a place of no return and it's without a, a praise of god so he prays from a different place now he's in the, he's he's caught between two worlds when i heard that from the lord i said well, god, he's caught between two worlds now he's down there in in, in in the underworld where there's it's a place of no return so he's crying out now from the belly of hell okay now let's look at second samuel's Chapter number twenty-two. Now you keep replacing Jonah because we want to come back there as well. Second Samuel's chapter number twenty-two. Second Samuel's yes, chapter number twenty-two. Second Samuel's chapter number twenty-two. Understanding now, he's he's in he's in, he's in the underworld. He because the, the situation and where he finds himself, he's trapped between two worlds. Now, Second Samuel, uh, chapter number twenty-one, reading at verse number six. Are we there? Second uh, ver- uh, Samuel, sh- chapter number twenty-two. Thank you. Second Samuel, chapter number twenty-two, looking at verse number six. Thank you. Amen. Second Samuel, chapter number twenty-two, looking at verse number six. Verse six says, "The sorrow of hail Come past me about the snare. I mean, the snare of, of death prevented me. In other words, he, he would de- death baited him. Death baited will bait us. Okay? It, 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 it surrounds. It, it will surround us. Sorrow will surround us. That that underworld. When we operate in a place of disobedience, we will be surrounded by the underworld, the spirits of the underworld. And then it says, verse seven. He says, in my distress. I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. See, just as, as, as Jonah here is in the, in Samuel, he talks about how his distress was made, and he cried out to God, uh, because he was encircled, uh, um, by hell, that, that, that place of the underworld, and he calls out to God out of distress. It, it is the same thing that we as, as people, when we're going through, when we're in a place of distress, when we're troubled trouble, or we're going through tribulations, we will cry out, and we'll begin to beg God, right? for the situations that we're in. Now, let's look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Because, see, the Bible talks about in the book of Jonah, he cried out of his afflictions. He, uh, he, he was afflicted. Amen? God, God has, was taking him through some things. Now, Psalms 119, looking at verse number 27. Are we there? Now, verse 67 out of Psalms 119, uh, this is what it says in Psalms 119, verse number 67. What's that first word? Before, before, before I was what? Afflicted. I went, where? Astray. See, God has to bring affliction. God has to bring trials. He has to bring tribulations upon us in order to get us back. Amen? Because he said, before I was afflicted, I want stray." So God don't have to afflict us when we're not going astray. See, Jonah at this time, he had gone astray because, see, he was disobedient. So he was afflicted. He, he cried out of his affliction. Because one thing about God, God's wrath and the pain of God, it doesn't feel good. Amen? The rod of God does not feel good. Amen. And anybody say they don't mind being chastised by God, they telling you a lie. Because when it comes down to the chastisement of God, it is no sweet thing. Amen. Because God can do some things to us that, that man cannot do. Amen? So he says here, that, because this is David. Now, David has gone through the same thing. So David is saying, before I want afflicted, I want astray. But now, he says, but now have I kept thy word. You see, going through our afflictions will bring us back to God. And then it makes you want to keep the Word of God. Amen? Then dropping down to verse number 71 in the same chapter, then he says this, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Now he's saying it's good. It was good to be afflicted. And the reason why it was good to be afflicted, he said that I might do what? learn the statutes. got to learn. See, affliction will cause us to learn. Afflictions will cause us to to cry out to the Lord. Affliction will cause us to get closer to God. Amen? And this is what happens. He says, before I I went astray, I was afflicted. But then he says, it was a good thing. How many of us say to God, Oh, God, it's a good thing that I was beat by the rod? But see, when we, but when, if we really think about it, if it brought us closer to God and closer to the Word of God, then it was a good thing. You know, no chastisement during that time feels good, enough, but we have to see the end results. If it accomplishes, if it accomplishes what God wants it to do and get us back on track and walking in the will of God, then it is a, it is a good thing, right? It was. It's a good thing. So, but yet he he didn't repent. I think I keep thinking about Jonah. He did not repent. He wanted God to do something. He wanted God to get him up out of that between those two worlds. Because see, he was trapped between two worlds. The two words he was trapped between was the, the world of obedience and the world of disobedience. See, he was trapped between those two worlds. You see, being obedient, we're walking the will of God. Being disobedient, we'll walk outside of the will of God, and we will do our own thing. So he was trapped there between those two worlds. So he did like David. They knew how to get on the best side of God, okay? They knew how to talk to God. Even in the midst of the trials, the tribulations, the troubles, they knew how to pull on the heart of God and receive the mercies of God. Now let's look at Psalms uh, 139. Psalms 139, Psalms 139, Psalms 139, Psalms 139. Because, see, remember, we talked about discovery. You know, but the title being discovery, talking about discovery of God and the underworld. Okay? Now, verse number 7 out of Psalms 139. He, here's another discovery, not only that he made, but uh, uh, uh David made, as well as Jonah, but we all will make, okay? It's, it's a discovery. Verse number 7 says this. Now, remember now, he had an assignment, and he said he's going to go in the opposite direction, right? As far as the east is from the west, he went west. He refused to do what God had called for him to do. So, here, like in, in David, David says this in Psalms 139, verse number 7. He says... Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? One thing we can understand, we cannot flee from the presence of the Lord. There's no escaping. We can escape from man, but you cannot escape from God. You you cannot God is everywhere. His presence is everywhere. And then he says, then he takes this analogy. He says, if, verse number 8... If I ascend up into heaven, he says, Thou art thou art there. Or if I make my bed in where? Hell, behold, thou art there. See, Jonah was in the belly of he was in the belly of hell, is what that word says in in Jonah chapter number two. He was in the belly of hell. He was in that underworld. I mean he he was going through a whole lot of things, and I, I cannot even begin to imagine in my mind the hell that he went through. Amen. Because to be trapped between two worlds, it could not have been good. Amen. Even to be trapped between obedience and disobedience, that, that, that's a hard pill to swallow. It's, it's difficult to understand. Because here is a prophet, but yet, you know, his, even though his assignment was to go uh, speak to people to, to save their lives. He decided because they were his enemy, he didn't want them saved. So that lets us know we got a, we got another part to us too. Amen. Especially if God tell you go witness to your enemy. Hello. And you know your enemy has done some diabolical things to you. Because see, those people were ruthless. I mean, I mean, and, and Nahum, they talk about, they call them the, the bloody city. Which means that they really did a whole lot of killing. Now, I, I thought about this too. I said, now, as we are about to embark into war, and for us, oh, we will be at war, the United States, America, we will be at war. And even though they're dealing with ISIS, what if God would say to them not to do what they're doing, but that send some missionaries over there and send some people of God over there to get them to repent after everything that they have done? What if God would say, no, don't destroy them, lead them to me, lead them to Christ? And you know what they've done. I mean, cut off heads, (laughs) I mean, kill people, set them alive, burn them alive, and you knew that. See, God's way is not our way. What if that table turned and God said do something different? I wonder what would we do? What would America do? And what would we do? Amen. Okay, let me, let's bring it closer home. What would we do if we, we had someone to rape our daughter or rape our son? Amen. And, and and do some diabolical things, or maybe set our house on fire, or come in and, and rob us, amen, and do some damage, what will we do if God says you've got to forgive that person? It's just like in, in Charleston, you remember? The, the high road was to for, forgive that man, the young boy, you know, but the fact remained he still had to pay for his punishment. He still had to pay. He still had to pay. But the, the high road with God was to forgive him of what he had done. I mean, he didn't shut up with people. He went in a church and did the shooting and did the killing. Now, what if God speaks to us and tell us those persons that do some horrible things to us, God says forgive. Turn the other cheek. Are we there? And turning the other cheek. Are we there? See, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow. Amen. Amen. We might as well be honest now. Amen. You got 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 to be honest now. <laughs> Amen. Because when some, some hard things come in our life, then sometimes we're quick to say what we will do until the test actually comes. Amen. Because I mean, when the test comes, it's not easy. Amen. It's not easy. But we understand now there's nowhere we can escape from the presence of the Lord. Now in verse number 9, David comes to his understanding. This is a discovery. He says, if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, he says, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So in other words, no matter where we go, there's nothing we can do or nowhere we can go in in this this universe of of worlds that we can escape from the presence of the Lord because he's everywhere. He's everywhere. And verse 11 says, if I say, surely... The darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. See, the thing is about darkness, see, sometimes you can go out in the darkness and you say, somebody may not see you. But, and when it comes down to God, light and darkness, light and, 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 and darkness, it's, just, it's the same. God sees. God sees no matter where we are or what we do. So that's a discovery. He understood that. He understood that, okay, if I try to run away from God, if I try to escape, you know, he says, I can't even get away from the presence of God. So if God is calling us to do some things and we decide that's not what we want to do, well, I, I, God's going to release whatever needs to be done in order to get us to what He wants us to do. And it might be some hard things come upon our life, but we'll have to do what God says to do. Then verse number three, twelve says, Yea, the darkness hides not from thee. God God walks in the, in the darkness. He made the darkness. He made the light. So therefore, the, and you can't hide from God in the darkness. He says, but the night shineth as the day. is that not amazing? The night shineth just like the The same way you can see in the, in the day, you can see at night when it comes down to God. And then he says, uh, the darkness and the light are both alike to thee. He discovers that, that, that God sees all. He discovers this is, a, this is a discovery that David is making. So he understands that. So it's the same thing that Jonah did. See, Jonah thought he could escape. Now let's go back to, let's go back to Jonah. Chapter number two. Let's go back there. Let's go back there. And, and let's see, uh, uh by him being here trapped. Because he's, he's crying out of his afflictions. He's crying out of pain because he wants to be delivered. Yeah, we know how we do when we're going through. Don't we want to be delivered? (laughs) Amen. Because nowhere did I read where Jonah repented in the beginning. I I, I didn't see that. What I saw was he cried for deliverance out of the situation he was in. He He wanted to come up out of the situation. You know, yeah, remember now he's got two he got two two spirits of him. He's got that peaceful side, then he's got a destroyer side too. All right, now back to Jonah chapter number two. Then uh, verse number three says, For thou hadst cast me into the deep huh. uh the deepest of the, the bottomless pit. Okay? Uh he had to learn a, a lesson a uh a, uh Uh, 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 of what he had done, he had to learn a lesson. Because, see, God had to take us into some deep troubles in order for us to uh, acknowledge what we uh, need to do and go do the things that we need to do. And verse uh, 3 says, For thou hadest cast me into the deep, in the midst of the seas, and the floods, floods is confusion, come past me, encircle me about, all thy billows and thy ways passed over me. Passed over me. Then he says, then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet. Now watch, look at look at John. Yet I will look again, where? Toward thy whole temple. He knew in the midst of everything he was, he was going through, he knew that even though he felt like he was out of the will of God, out of the presence of God, he had enough left in him and within his spirit to say, if I look toward the holy temple, then God very well may may help me. Okay? So he says, and then he began to pray. He says, he's been cast out of his sight. He said, but I will look again toward the holy temple. Then verse 5 talks about, the waters come past me about, even to the soul. He was in the spirit realm. It says, the death closed me round about. The weeds was trapped about my head. Then he says in verse 6, I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet has thou brought up my life from corruptions, O Lord my God. Okay, now, he talks about these bars. He, he talks about going down to the mountains. He going down, uh, uh where the earth, where there was a He felt there was bars all around him. In essence, he goes to where Christ had gone when Christ began to preach to, to, to those that were dead. He goes there. That's where he ends up. That's that underworld. Underworld. That's that holding place before we end up going to where we're going to be. Amen. Now let's look at First uh, Peter, First Peter, chapter number three. We're going to see where he ends up. First Peter. I think it's First, First Peter. Yeah, chapter number three. Yeah, First Peter. Chapter number three, because he's discovering some things. He's, he's discovering the underworld. Now he's discovering the underworld. He's, he, he's discovering God, but he's also discovering the underworld. See, whenever we go through some things, we will discover many, many, many different things, okay? Now, first Peter chapter number three, looking at verse, uh, number, looking verse, verse number 19. Verse number 19, now we're there. First Peter chapter number three. Verse number 19 says, By which also he went and he preached unto the spirits in prison. Talk about Christ. Christ had went and he, he preached, the word preached there, he preached to the spirits uh, that was in prison. You remember Jonah talked about those balls, you know, those mountains. He talked about those balls. He ends up in the underworld. He, he ends up in that same place where Christ had spoken to those that was there. And then verse 20 says, which sometime or what? Disobedient. So he was released to that same place because that he was disobedient. Then he says, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. So here he is, now he's discovering the underworld. Because, see, remember he's trapped between two worlds. And he goes right there because he says, I, I, I see these balls. It's just like it's these mountains. I'm, I'm, I'm deep down in earth. That makes you wonder where hell really is. Because, see, he, he finds himself deep down in the earth. And to such a degree, it, it looks and it appears like it, it's a prison. See, when, thank you, Holy Spirit. Whenever we're in in, in a place of, of, of disobedience and and trapped between two worlds, it is a prison. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a prison. You're locked between two worlds, and you, and for him, the only the only answer he knew was to cry out to God. Now, all right, now let's go back to Jonah. Let us let, let's, let's go back to Jonah. Let's go back to Jonah. Okay, because. He, he talks about how in verse number 7, he says, When my soul fainted within me, look at this, When my soul fainted within me, I did what? I remembered the Lord. This is uh, Jonah chapter 2, uh, verse number 7. He says, When my soul fainted within me, then he remembered the Lord. See, before that, he was begging because he was going through. Now, as, as he gets deeper into the underworld, now he's remembering the Lord. He says, when my soul fainted, when, when he was at that place, that, 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 uh, of, of no return, the Bible says, then he remembered the Lord. And then he says, and my what prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. See, this is when he begins to get real with him. He, 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 he remembers the Lord. See, sometimes we can forget God. Amen. We will forget God. Amen. So now He's remembering, but then look what, he's, what He also discovers. And this is a discovery of God when we're going through. Remember now when we were discovering God in and the underworld, because see in that underworld, I mean you you're locked into to the to the to to the clutches of Satan. Okay. And it's like it's a place of no return. That's what the enemy wants us to think. It's a place of no return. But when you look at verse number 8, then he says this. He says, they that observe lying vanities forsake their what? All mercy. In other words, what he is saying is that those that do, uh, I'll get caught up in the emptiness of lying or that spirit of disobedience, what happens they forsake their mercy. You see, when we begin to run from the presence of God, we think we're running from the presence of God, to do our will and not His will, God said we forsake mercy. Now imagine. Now the Word of God says uh, His mercies are new every morning, right? That's in the book of Lamentations. So His mercies are new every, every morning. But when we operate... In the spirit of dis- disobedience, we forsake those mercies that's that's new to us every morning. See, in other words, you know, God, I'm, I'm, you, we put a halt on the mercies of God, amen. But 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 but, but let's continue now. Let's let's continue and, and see what else he discovered. He discovered that operating disobedience, we can forsake the mercies of God that comes new every morning. Now, looking at verse number nine, here's another discovery. This is what he discovers. He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. Now he's at a thankful state. And why is he in a thankful state? This is what he sees. He says, I will pay that that I have what? vowed. See, a lot of times, see, now he's confessing. I'm, I'm a, when I vow, when I said I'm going to do, God, I'm going to do. Why? Because he, he, he's in the belly, not only of the belly of truth, because he's understanding that that's that birthing place, but he's also in the belly of hell. He's trapped between two worlds. So now he says, what I I vow, I'm going to do. But watch what else, and this is why he vowed that, because he come to an understanding. This is the understanding. The understanding is salvation is of who? Of the Lord. See, he wanted those people's salvation not to be of God, because he understood about the mercies of God. See, he didn't want them people delivered. He wanted them just like we do. We could be real. Sometimes we want folks zap. Amen. Being real. They can get on our last nerve, right? And sometimes we just want them zap. We want want the wrath of God to be released on them and God to do what he needs to do, right? What we think he needs to do. Amen. But he discovers here that the the salvation for people's lives is not up to us. Salvation, the Word of God says, salvation is of the Lord. Amen? So that goes back to, you know, uh, your enemy, and God tell you go pray for your enemy and and witness to your enemy, and we're we going to go another direction. Well, God says salvation is, is of the Lord. Now, okay, now let's continue. Now, By the time he God finishes with us and finishes with him, he makes his discoveries, all of a sudden God's hearing him and now God has released us from the underworld because we said we're going to pay our vow. We're going to do what God says do. Amen. Not going to run anymore. Now, let's look at verse number 3. Chapter 3. Chapter number 3. Now, chapter number 3. Yeah, chapter number 3. Beginning at verse number 1. It says, and the word, we're still talking about in the book of Jonah. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. He speaks to him a second time. How many times does God have to speak to us before we do his will? How many times? You know, he has to speak to us. You see, that's why when we keep going through affliction after affliction, that's because we've gone astray according to the word of God. Amen. So God speaks to him again. Now, Uh the word Nineveh also means agreeable, okay? Uh, Verse number two. He gives he gives him now he has come in agreement with what God wants. Verse number two and and Jonah chapter number three. It says, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it uh, the preaching that I I bid thee. See, before he tells him, I want you to go to Nineveh, okay? Now, uh, now he tells him, I want you to go preach, but you don't go preach but you go will to preach, but you're going to preach what I want you to preach. So in other words, I'm going to put the words on your mouth. You just, you just get up and get the moving. That's what God says to him. He said, "Get up, arise," okay? Now it says in verse three. So Jonah arose and he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city on a three-day journey. Now, when God put the fire up under us, we will get to moving. Now, verse 4 says, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey. In other words, we're supposed to have been a three-day journey, and all of a sudden now he's there in one day, because he knows God means business. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. It had to be... The, 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 way of his presentation that had to be so, so powerful that these people, as wicked as they were, they were willing to repent. Because he's, I bet you Jonah was on fire for God. I, I get you he was on fire for the Lord because now he, he, he's there, he's proclaiming and letting the people know that in 40 days, and God gave him space and time, Forty days, that great city, that wicked city it was going to be overthrown. And then verse 5 says, So the people of Nineveh, they believed God. They believed God and they proclaimed the fast and they put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. Even the king went on. I mean, everything put on sackcloth. Everybody, including the, the, the cattle, everything was on the fast. Because the, the, the way uh, Jonah brought forth his deliverance, they believed God. They literally believed what God had to say. See, they didn't see Jonah as the man. They saw the word of God. Somehow or another, they knew from, from, from the appearance of Jonah and, and, and the strength of, of, of the word of God in him, they knew that God was up to business. Okay? They knew something was about to happen. So immediately, you know how it is, how we like to get good when we know God's going to deal with us. And we we, you know, we want to temporarily walk right to escape the, the wrath of God. Amen. Anybody done that besides me? You know, we, we know we're wrong. So then all of a sudden we get, we won't try to get good, think we're fooling God. No, we don't fool God. God knows all time, right? He, he knows but let's look at this other side of, of, of Jonah. Let's look at the other side. Um, still in, in Jonah chapter number 3, and he, he he's there in Nineveh now. He's, he's preaching. He's preaching what God says. Let them know in 40 days. So they had to know that something about um, 40 days, when, you know, when, when, when during the times of Noah, that that message had to, uh, to have resonated in their mind, because he said 40 days, something they knew that, that had to be true for them to, to get to a point where they believed that God was speaking through, through Jonah. Now, in verse number nine, it says this. Uh, who can tell? Because now, as they've heard the word, verse 9 says, Who can tell if God will turn and do what? And repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not. See, the, these people that were so wicked. Now, when he got through preaching, what he had to preach, and I don't know what the, what the rest of his message was, but all of a sudden they got to step in. They, they they got to step in, in the right direction because they said well who you know they had to have experienced the mercies of God somewhere that they've had to because see now verse number ten watch what happens out of true repentance okay now you get to understand that this was a great wicked city I mean they were flat out wicked wicked okay now verse ten says and God saw that what their works God saw what they did when they began to fast, they get on sackcloth, put on sackcloth and ashes, and even to, to the point of, uh, of their livestock and all. God saw the moves that they made. Okay, and verse 10 says, "And God saw their works that they turned from their evil way." See, they literally turned from their evil way when they heard that message. They turned from their evil ways. That's what the Word of God says. And then it says, And God repented of evil that He had said that He would do unto them, and He did it not. See, God has reserved the right to change His mind. See, and the reason why He changed His mind is because they repented. And it was a sincere repentance because the Word of God says they turn from their evil ways. They turn. In other words, they got to step in the right direction. Now, look at old crazy Jonah, the other side of him and us too, okay? Remember now, and in, and in, 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 uh, I think it was chapter 2 when it talks about that Jonah discovered that salvation is of the Lord, right? He discovered that. It, it, he had nothing to do with nobody else's salvation, but that salvation was of the Lord. So now watch what happens in, in chapter number 4, chapter 4. It says, but it did what? This pleased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. You know how it is, you 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 want God to get him, get him, God. We may not literally say it with our lips, but we will think it in our mind, All right? And so, when we think God should do something in, in, in someone's life and it's not done, you know, it, 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 he got upset. He he literally got upset. He says it displeased him. Uh, because God showed mercy. See, when God shows mercy, that's God. See, but but he was upset. See, that's the other side of him. See, he's got a destroyer side. We all got two sides. And most time all of us not always in operation. That that pleasant side is not always in operation, right? That peaceful side is not always in operation. That comes the time when we want, we, want, we want the destroyer side to come forth? Amen? But, but it displeases it displeased God, displeases Jonah because of God sparing all these people. Now, watch what happens in verse number 2. This is how, at one point, he really had a relationship with God. Now, verse number 2 in uh, Jonah chapter 4, it says, "...and he prayed unto the Lord." And said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art, what, gracious, a gracious God? You are merciful, you are slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he repented thee, and repented thee of evil. Then see, what happens here, Jonah says, Listen, listen God, I, I, I knew, I knew exactly what you was going to do if those people uh, decide to go and do the right thing. I knew, I, that's why I didn't, want, I didn't want to go. When I was in my own country, doing my own thing, then by preaching that, 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 that social gospel, you know, I was fine, Lord. I, I was really fine. But then you tell me to, to, to get up and go do this. I knew you was going to do this, God. Because I know your grace. I know you are a gracious, God. I know that you are a kind, God. And it's not in your will that any should perish. So he just didn't want to go. He was upset. But what he didn't understand, salvation was of God, not of him. He, he, he could not pick and choose whom God wants to save. Amen. I mean, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't for him. But he knew the heart of God. See, what happens... And discovering, not only did he discover the goodness of God, he, he knew that. He knew that before going in, because that's why he didn't want to do it. But he also understood the underworld, that part where he is trapped between two worlds. Now, and he knew the heart of God. See, he knew the heart of God, but he also showed us the heart of him. It showed us the heart of, of Jonah. Now, let's look at, uh, we're almost done. Let's look at Romans chapter number 2. Let's look at Romans chapter 2, Romans 2, Romans chapter number 2. I think that's where we want to go. Yeah, Romans chapter number 2. And we've got one more scripture after this and we're going to be out of here. Because we're discovering the, the, the uh, discoveries of God and, and the underworld. See, he discovers where his heart is because he wanted God to do away with all those people. But but he he didn't want God to do God's heart. God's heart is merciful. Now Romans chapter number two and looking at uh verse number four because the previous verses talks about judging. Well right, let me read chapter two and beginning with verse number one, and then we'll come down to verse number four. Okay? Now uh chapter two in the book of Romans says Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judges. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. Okay? That's, that's explanatory. For thou that judges doeth the same thing. See, in the process of judging, your sin may not be the exact same thing, but it's still sin. So he's saying, you're, an old man, you're inexcusable when you're doing the same thing. Okay? Now verse 2 says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth. See, man makes judgment, but it's not according to judgment of truth. It's according to the judgment of man's opinion. But when it comes down to God, it says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which doeth Commit such things. See, God's judgment is a judgment of truth. Because, see, not only did he want to spare those people that was wicked, but he also wanted Jonah to see what was in him too. Amen. Now, verse number 3 says, And thinketh thou this, O man, that thou judgest them which do such things, and thou doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. Because see, God's saying here, so "Listen, you can't escape the judgment of God. You can make a judgment on someone else, but that same judgment will come back to you. We cannot escape the judgment of God." Now, verse number four says this. This is where Jonah was. He says, "Or despises thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance hmm, and long suffering." not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. See, this is the part Jonah didn't like because he knew that the goodness of God, the reason why God was so long-suffering and, and the reason why God uh, uh, stays back sometime, his hand is wrapped as, 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 as for as forbearance, it's because God is trying to lead that individual to repentance. Jonah knew that Because Jonah said This is why I didn't want to come up out of my country No way Because I knew God you are a gracious God I knew that you are slow to anger I know God If you allow them to repent If they change the ways I knew you were going to spare their life But see that He was operating in that destroyer side he, he, he wanted God to do something Amen Now let's look at the last verse And it will be Ecclesiastes chapter number 8 This is going to be the last verse Ecclesiastes, chapter number 8. Ecclesiastes, chapter number 8. Because we're talking about discovering God and the underworld. Discovering God and the underworld. Underworld. We've got to remember, although God is merciful, although God is long-suffering, although sometimes God is forbearing, there are times when God will release what needs to be released. Because later on, you are reading the book of Zephaniah and also in the book of Nahum, God literally dealt with Nineveh because Nineveh went back to their old way. They went back to their old way. Even though they had been spared, even though they had been merciful, God had been merciful to them, and they repented at that time. They went back to their old way, so then God still had to deal with them. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. Are we there? Ecclesiastes. Hey, Amen. Let's see. Right before his, we got proverbs here, and okay, we're saying amen. We're together. We're here. Ecclesiastes chapter number eight. We're talking about discovering God and the underworld. Whenever we're going through trials, whenever we're going through troubles and afflictions, that's when we discover God and the the the, the uh, snares of Satan. Amen. That that underworld that has us trap. Now Ecclesiastes chapter number eight. Looking at verse number 11, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed, what? Speedily. Because God doesn't deal with an issue speedily. He says, therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do what? To do evil. Here he says, uh, 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 Solomon is saying, because God does not execute or he does not release the sinners on man right at that moment, man will continue to do evil <laughs> because he thinks he got away, right? I mean, I, I, he, that's what he said. He says, because sinners against an evil work is not executed speedily, Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is fu- it says, fully set mm, in them to do evil. Another, I'm going to keep on doing that because God don't spare me. Amen? Now, and verse number 12 says, Though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God which fear before him. Now, verse 13 says, But it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he fears not before God. See, that's what happened with Nineveh. See, even though Nineveh repented, even though they, 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 they pulled on the heart of God and God forgave them, they went right back to their old evil ways, and in the end, destruction came upon the, that great city called Nineveh. So the, 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 the moral of the story is we've got to remember, because God doesn't do something to us right at the moment. That does not give us a license, and that's why it's a danger. Sometimes we want to deal on the grace of God. Because we want to hold on to the grace of God and begin to say, God is good. Yes, God is good. But there's two sides of God. There's a side of God that will get upset. And there's a side of God that will will relinquish peace. So, but because He doesn't release the sinners at that time, speedily, that does not mean that God will not deal with the issue. Because with Nineveh, God dealt with them. He, even though he forgave and they repented, God, he dealt with them. But there were lessons to be learned. Jonah learned. We learned in the process of going through trials and tribulations and and, and the examination, because he goes down to Tarshish, that's a place of examination, he, he, he becomes to remember the Lord. But then not only did he remember God, but when he also came to the understanding that salvation is of God, so we got to do what God tells us to do and say what God tells us to say, and then we have to understand that we can't get upset when God don't do it our way. Because he got upset when God wouldn't do it his way. Because like I said, he's talking about thousands and thousands of people that he wanted God to zap them out because of the way they had treated his ancestors. So the the, the thing is... He discovered something in, in the midst of in, in, the, in the midst of our uh, act of disobedience, he, he, he discovers the goodness of God because God spared us people's life, but he also discovered the underworld too. He was trapped between two worlds that has got to be scary to be trapped between obedience and disobedience. And then the grace of God was he allowed him to come on back, brought him back to truth, let him go ahead and deliver the message. But then he gets mad later on. Y'all read the rest of the chapter. He gets mad later on. And he's sitting up under this little bush, and it's hot, and he's already mad and displeased. And he's sitting there, you know, and all of a sudden God allowed him, God will show you what you won't do to others. He'll show, I'm going to do it to you, let you see how I feel. So he sits there, and so God says, okay, you got the shade tree over you and everything. I'm cooling you down. I'm going to send this worm, this worm, and I'm going to let this worm eat up this little vine and give you this shade and see how you feel. Well, he, all of a sudden, he gets mad. He wants God to do something Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. See, sometimes we want God to do something different for us, <laughs> but he want, we want God to do something else different for the, for the other person too, those people that we don't like. We want God to put us under up His covering and protect us, but we don't want God to protect nobody else. So that shows us that we've got work to do, right? Amen. Amen. Come on, y'all, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Discovering, discovering, you now the God and the underworld. We're trapped between two worlds. It's a dangerous place to be. Trapped between two worlds. We're thankful and grateful. For, for your time and I pray that we we learn something from from the scriptures and not only learn but we will act upon the word of God. Amen. amen. And I thank God that He allowed me to get through this. With, 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 uh, and I believe God that you know my precious come come on down. And I'm thankful and grateful that He allowed me to, to stand and declare His word. Amen. God is God is an awesome God. He's a wonderful God. He, I don't know how many people would like to have a CD this morning. Amen. You won't want one? Amen. All right, uh but, okay, we need three. All right. Um Brothers Tom, you need a C D I used you your point, you know, play We He's still playing the ones that he already got. Now you know you know you ought to be ashamed. Get three, okay? You know you ought to be ashamed. You, to you know you ought to be ashamed because you got to have that word every day. we can't get it all today. So whenever we get a CD, uh we uh if we're listening on sermon dot net, then what we need to do is Continue to listen to that word throughout the week. And the reason being is there's something there. Whenever God sends a word, it's not just a word just to have a word. It's the fact he's preparing us. So that means somewhere we will find ourselves trapped between two worlds. You know, God's going to speak to us and tell us to do something, and we're going to refuse to do it. We're going to decide to go somewhere in another direction and do something else. You know how we can justify going in another direction? And we'll justify that thing, but God didn't let us think we didn't got away. Then next thing you know, he come to whooping, right? <laughs> he brings us back to do His will, amen. So it's very important, you know, just uh, because a lot of times, you know, uh, when you're riding on the way to work or you come going to lunch, pop that CD in and listen to the Word of God, because a lot of time when we sit in and 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 places and uh, situations, it's not always a godly environment. And we need to feed our soul. We need to feed our spirit. Amen. On the way from work, we're on the way from work, from home, from work. You're on your way home. There's that drive. Well, that day you might feel like cussing out the boss man, or you may have. You know what I'm saying? If not the boss man, it might be some people that you work with, right? And then you may need a reminder of the word. Because that means God may have told you the word through that week too. And God always does that. He warns us before we end up in that situation, right? And then when we hear that, we're oh God, I'm sorry. God, you got me. You got you got me. So it's important to to listen to the word of God. We're living in a time and we're living in an age wherein we've definitely got to be uh, equipped, prepared, armed, and ready. Because I'm telling you, this is not a pretty world like that. It is not, and it's going to get even more worse. It's going to get worse. It is going to get worse. The only thing that's going to deliver us and keep us is going to be that Word of God. And to help us keep our sanity, it's going to be the Word of God. It's very important. Amen. So, you know, don't, don't, yes, sir, but a minute's the job going to say so. Okay. Is that the ticket to Joppa? 'm i'm just, I'm just mess with you i'm just, the Tasha, i'm just messing with you that's that justification i'm just messing with you amen amen so please man please sir y'all let's let's get in the word because of the fact that there are so many people out there who are going need the word and and as we forestated stated earlier that we're going to start uh, trying to reach these young people and uh we, you never know what you're going to run upon um I think you are in the